This episode of Adventures in Aurelia is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Inner Party Conflict, Bread on Fire, Avora Dawn, and Powerful Condor on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash adventures in Aurelia. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, an Asmar Divine Soul Sorceress. I'm Chantel, and I play Kanina, a Tiefling Sorcerer. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a Human Paladin. I'm Caitlin, I play Tempest, a Water Genasi Ranger. And I'm Damien, I'm the DM. This episode, we'd like to give a special shout out to Festivals, Feasts, and Fairs by Ashley May and Taverns, Inns, and Taprooms by J.B. Little, both of which are supplements that you can find on DM's Guild and were used fairly heavily in the creation and running of the Midnight Carnival and the episodes that take place in this area. So thank you to the two of them for creating content and putting it out there for DMs like myself to use while creating our own homebrew adventures. Previously on Adventures in Aurelia, our group of adventurers returns to the city of Port Norsal to learn that the Midnight Carnival is in town. They decide to treat themselves to a VIP room at one of the city's most luxurious inns, which includes booth seats for the main event. A trip through the fairgrounds teases the party with a bunch of food and trinkets, and they run into Eldith, the dwarf woman they escorted along the Norgeld Road a week prior. Though they start off wowed by the performances of the night, the finale leaves them confused and wanting answers. So we will be picking up on night on the 4th of Mananon. The party was just attacked by a red wormling summoned by Amidon, the ringmaster of the Midnight Circus. As it approached them, flying at top speeds, Rem stepped forward, put out an arm, and once the dragon touched him, it shot into the air in red flashing firework light. Unarmed and unarmored, too. As the spectacle fades, the lights dim, and as they come up, Amadon is nowhere to be seen. The crowd from the stands goes wild with applause. What's the like immediate reaction from the group as the, the lights come back up? The arena itself seems to be lighting up fully and the people that were in the audience are cheering and hooting and hollering. I think Kanina is going to be kind of uh, she's kind of in a rare grumpy mood almost because uh, she came to the carnival to have fun and to her this was not 
a uh, super fun event. So she'll just be like, well, I don't really get what the point of all of that was. Um, hmm. Ariel is going to be looking around as she says that and be like, where did he go? Because she knows that he can just appear behind her again if he wanted to. As Ariel looks around her, Elwyn, who is sitting at the back row of things, stands up with a big smile on their face, lightly clapping. Oh, that was a wonderful show, wasn't it? Wasn't that exhilarating as the creature came at us? And you, gestures over towards Ram, were you not fear, in, in, in fear? You're not worried about being harmed. No, Rim's still out, kind of in the ring or whatever in front of the thing. And he's just slowly scanning the audience, like all the way around slowly, looking both for Amadon and anything else that looks out of place, like people that aren't cheering and looking angry or, you know, trying to skate away into the darkness. Realizing that they're not getting Rem's attention, they turn to uh, Kanina, who had just been talking, and it's like, does he always do stuff like that? Oh, well, he's Definitely one to uh, step forward and take the lead, even if he doesn't mean to. <laughs> Is he okay? I mean, he looks fine to me. Understood. But I don't know. Is is this normally what goes on in the carnival? Is this the kind of show that we can expect to see? The show changes slightly from year to year, but the the general way things went is pretty normal. The, the, the red creature, that was new this year. So that was it? What was it? That was the show? I mean, that was the finale, yes. Hmm. It seemed to me like the uh, ringmaster was just trying to get a bunch of good people killed. It's, these creatures aren't as easy as he made them out to be to defeat. Hmm. It, having seen the show previously, it didn't bother me any, but I'm a little more familiar with seeing the event go down. I suppose, but uh, everybody's taste is different, but... Uh, I'm not really quite into killing creatures for sport, whether they be illusions or otherwise. I'm not adept in magic in the way that you seem to be, so I'm unfamiliar on if they are illusions or if they feel pain in any way. I hope they were just illusions. I'd like to think so. Well, I'd be a bit concerned, I suppose, if people didn't think they were illusions. I didn't actually care for the show. I didn't like it. Well, uh, it, it, as they say, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I'm sure not everyone comes out of it with the most positive experience. The people, though, looking up into the, the crowd as people are starting to stand up from their seats and start to file their way towards the exit, definitely seem amused and entertained by the spectacle, however. Then again, one of our most common events is the arena, where men and women such as yourselves uh, are pitted against each other in combat. That sounds fun. And yet you think the monsters are barbaric. Well, no, I, I thought the guy killing possible real monsters was barbaric, because they were all defenseless. It would be a different story if he was trying to fight for his life. You know, creatures coming out of the woods versus being slaves. Hmm. Well, perhaps you'll have to come back for one of the arena events in the future. There should be one in about two more weeks. We'll see. Maybe. It's something that happens every month or so around here. Gets the people excited and something to look forward to. 
Is, uh, is Amadon also staying at Farron's favor? Oh, uh, no. He tends to stay with his crew on the ship. Uh, what's the name of his ship? Do you know? Um, I just know that it's associated with the Midnight Carnival. It's probably the Sails of Midnight or something flavorful like that. <laughs> okay. And knowing his themes, we may also <laughs> be able to recognize it simply for its color scheme. Most likely. Rem, as this conversation is going on in the booth behind you, what are you doing? So, I mean, like like I said, he's slowly scanning, making sure there's, you know, nothing he seems. It doesn't seem like normal fare. Do you still have your, was it detect magic that you had? Yeah, up? Is, is that still 10 active? minutes. Okay. As you pan around, you would have points that you're close enough to the edges of the arena that you notice some large poles in the arena have a vague I don't I'm not sure if it would be evocation or conjuration essentially as you look at these posts there is a light upon the top of them ah, okay. so after doing like a, a scan he'll walk back to the booth wall or whatever and pop back in and as as you had scanned around no one seemed in the mix of things overly unsettled or frightened um there are many booths that were also on the floor with you guys and not all of them are full but the ones that you do see most of them have people that seem cheerful some of them a little inebriated but you see some some high fives and some cheers from them as they start packing up their stuff in the booth that they are in to start making their way out okay as he hops back in he's actually going to toss down the fork that he had kind of hidden against his arm and uh, look around at the other people. In. Are you okay? I'm fine. Okay, you ignored me earlier, so I just wanted to make sure that you were all right after that experience. Did that not terrify you? Why would I be terrified of a man's lies? You had a cr- large creature flying directly at you. Did that not terrify you? No. I knew from the moment that he summoned it could not be real. I'm I pretty see. sure the authorities of your town would not let anybody bring such a creature. It seems that Amadon's tricks are no match for people as colorful as yourselves. I don't appreciate being lied to. I don't think anybody should lie to the public like that. Did you know what you were signing up for when you bought tickets to the carnival? Tickets came with the room. You have a fair point there. I like the fire show a lot. I didn't care for the last part of the show quite a bit, but the fire show was fun. I'm glad that you got some enjoyment out of some of the event, though. I I do agree that the fire show, with the the blinding lights and everything, is quite entertaining. Did you enjoy the extra lights that came with everything? That's that's one of the Midnight Carnival's specialties, the sparkling lights that create shapes and fall from the sky. Well, they were quite a spectacle to behold. I enjoyed them. Not being excessively flamboyant about it, but, you know, especially if these fire uh, people were not, you know, specifically fire sorcerers or wizards of any kind, you know, them just dancing around the fire is definitely a little bit more impressive to her. You probably noticed a little bit of a mix, mm-hmm. probably depending on how observant you were, some of the people leading would have seemed to have a little bit more magical talent while many of the troop workers that were involved in the fire portion of the show were just people off the streets, essentially. And that's pretty admirable because she knows not everybody has her thick fire-resistant skin. (laughs) 
you did notice at least two tieflings in the group. Ah, that's cool. Well, um, unless you guys have things that you would like to do here, would you like me to escort you back to the Farron's Favor, or do you think you guys can find your way back on your own? Uh, we can probably find our way back on our own. Uh, do you think any of the stalls are still open that we passed on the way here? Oh, guaranteed. Especially since the show was just now ending, many of the stalls would be staying open to try to catch people as they leave. Ah, I see. Yeah, we'll probably stop at some of those on the way back, I think, then. And then go back to the inn. Sounds good. Elwyn bows deeply to all of you. Well, if you need anything, then you can reach one of us at the front desk, and we will do our best to accommodate you. Beyond that, good night to all of you, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of the carnival. Yeah, thank you so much for your help, Sir Elowen. It was nice to meet you and have you guide us through. And they make their way out the little barrier, and you see them kind of meld into the crowd of people walking through. So with that, we'll probably try to make our way out with the crowd, I guess. And Kenny is especially looking to get maybe the billowing cloak that caught her attention. <laughs> Okay. It's a very Nina. But yes, as you make your way through, there are still a number of stalls open. Uh, people calling out to the crowd, trying to bring them over. There are people that are selling pies, people that are selling other fair foods, ales, wines. And you also see a handful of stalls that are with the dark and lighter purple banners that you are used to as being part of the carnival at this point that do sell the carnival's specialty items, which are the wand that emits a purple glow and smoke when a command word is spoken, the dark purple cloak of billowing that has the emblem of the Midnight Carnival emblazoned on it, and the fun candies that snap, crackle, and pop when they're in your mouth. Um, since it was on our way, uh, Nina's probably going to stop at the cloak place and see about purchasing some cloak. All right, so as Kanina approaches one of the stalls of the Midnight Carnival, a very cheerful woman perks up and is like, Hello, what can I do for you tonight? Good evening. Um, I wanted to inquire about the prices that you have for your cloaks here. She turns and gestures, so we have two types of cloaks available. We have this one here. It is our standard cloak of the Midnight Carnival. It runs about a gold piece, and as she pulls it down, it is the exact same cloak as described, except it is hanging still. And we also have this one, and she reaches towards the back of it, fishes one out, and pulls it out. This one is our enchanted cloak of the Midnight Carnival. And as you can see, she holds it off to the side and it flares out a little bit as if there was wind billowing through it. But you don't feel any wind. And this one here will run you 10 gold pieces. <laughs> yeah, Kanina will kind of glance over the uh, the still cloak and just be like, oh, it's kind of nice, but color might clash in my skin a little bit. But this one, this one looks like it would be worth the price. It billows as, as you with say no that, she, wind. She looks at both of them and says, like, they're both the same color. Yes, but this one billows. It makes up for the fact it might clash. It does billow. Is this the one that you're interested in? Yes. Um, I would like two, please. Oh, 
thank you. She puts the still cloak up on the rack and pulls out another one of the billowing cloaks of the Midnight Carnival and walks them over to you. That will be 20 gold. Yes, and then um, as we're doing that, she'll make sure that she gets one that's a little bit shorter, you know, made for a more stout person. (laughs) So the ones that she hands you both look like they would fit you. So uh, she'll go ahead and know, oh, can I get one a little bit shorter? I'm hoping to get one for uh, a companion of mine. So and she'll kind of like, (laughs) but yeah, she'll uh, tell the precise measurements more or less that she can remember. She kind of gestures with her hand at a a level. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. I I should have known that they wouldn't both be for you. Why would you want two cloaks? She hangs one up and you see her like shifting through the racks. Like, ah, this looks like it'll be about the size that you are after. And then, yeah, she'll kind of give it a look over, kind of measure it against herself, and kind of just like, hmm, like, um, kind of like measure with her hand where the height would be <laughs> against her body. Be like, yeah, I think this will this will do perfectly. Now I have to ask something for continuity of things. Is the rest of the party there? I would not be in the stall with her. I'm finding popping candy. That would be at the same stall. Is wow, the wand at the same stall too? Yes. <laughs> then yes, I'm there. <laughs> Rims outside on the bench in front of it. I'm looking at the wands. <laughs> So how attentive are Ariel and Tempest as this conversation is going now? Remember, Kanina's loud, too. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably notice that she was buying two. Probably heard her say that she would take two. Yeah. I think it would kind of go over Ariel's head. She's not used to the whole, like, ooh, like, and, and, and that kind of, like, you know, girly gossip type of things that, like, nowadays, like, I would probably be into, but <laughs> Chris is over there shaking his head at me. So because of... Ariel's background, I think she's like, huh, okay, weird. And then go back to looking <laughs> at the wands. <laughs> what was the second one for? Oh, I was uh, thinking about just getting a memento gift <laughs> for companion back across the water. Name's Baron. You haven't met him yet. I'll introduce you guys when we get back. <laughs> Tempest just kind of goes, hmm. Oh, him. He's a bit shorter than you then. <laughs> Honestly, how tall is Baron? I don't I don't mean to bring this up, but like uh Kenina's not exactly the tallest either, but he may not be that much shorter than her. Being a dwarf, Baron is probably in the like four foot three, four foot five area. It's not really a big deal, but it w- would have uh, I guess greatly affected how how high Kenina was holding her hand against herself. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure Kenina includes her horns in her height. The, the woman chuckles a little bit under her breath, hearing this exchange as she hands the two cloaks over to Kanina and her other hand out. So yes, that will be 20 gold for the two of them. Do you need me to gift wrap them or anything? Uh, sure. Can you uh, gift wrap the uh, slightly shorter one, please? So she nods, reaches under the counter, and she has a fairly sturdy, like, dark purple paper that she quickly folds up the cloak wraps it up and then kind of ties a dark blue bit of twine around it into a relatively square package shape. And she takes the 20 gold from you, moves it over to a small chest tucked underneath the counter where it's not easy to be accessed from the front and turns over to Ariel. And how may I help you tonight? Oh, I was just looking at your wands here. Oh, would you like one of the wands of the Midnight Carnival? How much are they actually first? Uh, The wand is going to run you five gold pieces. Have you seen what it can do? 
I haven't. Can you show me? She picks one up, turns around. You hear a mumble. And she holds it up, turning around to you. And it glows purple and black smoke billows and falls around her, obscuring her for a moment. Ooh. And how many times can it do that? Oh, it does it on command. It just, like, infinitely? Like, I can just say the password, like, infinitely amount of times? She looks at it and looks at you. I've never heard of anyone making the magic run out, actually. Cool. Yeah, I'll take four of them. Oh, all right then. She walks over, pulls out four boxes, and hands them over to you in a very nicely presented fashion. And I will dig out and pull out... That will be 20 gold. I will give her 25 gold as a tip. Oh, um, I did only say 20 gold. I know. It's just extra. I understand. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you see one hand cup over the extra five gold pieces that are sitting on top, and she tucks it into a pouch that is at the back of her hip with a very large smile and a wink at you. And she tucks the rest of it into the chest where she put the money from Kanina in. I'm going to tuck my wands away. And she even gives a slight bow. The carnival thanks you for your patronage. And she spins somewhat quickly over to Tempest. And you, my dear, how can I help you? The candy. I want the candy. You want the candy. (laughs) Very direct and to the point. How much would you like? All of it. All of it? Not all of it, but enough. A lot. I want to share it, too, with my friends. How much do you get? Um, They're bagged in kind of one of those cloth see-through but purple-toned bags and about five clusters, and she holds one up. Uh, Each one of these will run you a gold piece, so about two silvers per can. Have you experienced the candy before? Is it something that you are after? Is it something you are specifically seeking out as part of the carnival? Can I have a sample? (laughs) She uh, opens up the bag that she was holding, pulls out one of the pieces, and hands it over to you. What's it like? What she hands you is a purple crystalline piece of sugar that has veins of blue running through it. And as Tempest puts it in her mouth, it begins to crackle and pop. And Tempest might even attribute it to the feeling of sparks in her mouth. And if your mouth opens, a light purple smoke escapes your lips. (sighs) That was so cool. Would either of you like to try some? It does seem that you guys are all a group together. Kanina's probably um, kind of in a corner, like trying on her new cloak and just being like admiring the billow. It's probably also slightly uh, hard to tell, but she's probably also slightly flushed. (laughs) Ariel's right there because she wants to buy another wand. So she's going to be like, oh, I'll try one. She plucks one out of the bag and hands it over to you. She looks at it and pops it in her mouth. Oh, me too, me too. Actually, I didn't go over flavor. The flavor is actually going to be an interesting twist of grape and blueberry. So it's it's very grape forward. And as you can imagine, those blue veins are flavored with a little bit of blueberry. And as Kanina runs over saying, oh, I'd like one too. She hands out another one to you. 
Yeah, she'll qu quickly pop it in her mouth and like it goes to like try to chew it, you know, <laughs> as expected with like a candy, like a small hard candy. <laughs> so as Kina puts it in her mouth, the sparking feeling happens. Do you bite anyways? The sparking feeling happens and uh, yeah, she's going to try, but you also kind of see her eyes just kind of light up as, <laughs> as the feeling like explodes in her mouth. Ariel's just next to her giggling at the feeling. <laughs> As Kanina bites down, there is a sound much like when the glittering fireworks were going off before. It does not hurt. <laughs> and I imagine that the sensation would perhaps cause Kanina's mouth to pop open and there's just a whoosh of purple smoke. <laughs> Essentially, it's like you had the entire experience happen in a fraction of a second instead of over a length of time. Yeah, Kanina, you kind of see her like definitely, I think, jump a little bit when the uh, fact happens because <laughs> she wasn't expecting such a like a, a big reaction because it, it wasn't like, like you said, it didn't hurt, but it was definitely kind of shocking to have just something pop like that in your mouth. And so she was just like, oh, it reminds me of like the crackling of a dying campfire. Wow, this is amazing. So how how many bundles would you like to buy? It seems that all of you are enjoying the experience. You guys want some? Yeah. Sure. I'll take eight. Eight. That will be eight gold. And as, as she tells you and you start counting gold out, she's grabbing bundles and lays out eight. And you'll probably notice that the last of the bag that she had been giving you guys to sample from, she adds into everything as well. And I will hand two to Ariel and two to Kanina. Thank you, Tempest. Oh, thank you so much. Ram! <laughs> Try this. <laughs> you look at me like, what is this bag of rocks? Open your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Put one in his mouth. He wasn't there for the description and stuff. Nope. His mouth closed the whole time. <laughs> Not even smile. <laughs> and then exhale purple smoke from his nose. <laughs> Before Rem can start exhaling it, the smoke builds up in his mouth and starts to wisp little, little tendrils out of his nose of purple smoke. And then... <laughs> like like what we see with like dragon smoke coming out of his nose. And Kino like look over at him and be like, oh, that's so cool. I want to try that too. <laughs> so she'll, she'll like pop one and try to like do the same effect. Maybe putting too many in her mouth at one time. <laughs> Just to get the extra smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and then Don't eat them all at once. He'll look at Tempest and be like, thank you. And then immediately start looking around for children. <laughs> <laughs> Kenina's is bouncing up and down at her feet. Like with her back. <laughs> Ariel's still standing there. Was there something else that I could help you with? Yeah, I actually needed one more wand. I miscounted what I wanted. Oh, okay. Uh, we do have plenty more, so... And she reaches underneath the counter and grabs another one. Awesome. That'll be five gold. Here you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. And she stashes it with the others. You have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you. And there are children nearby. Uh, you see a couple of them running around with like wooden swords and shields, chasing each other and hitting each other with sticks, essentially. Rim, once Tempest isn't looking, will like wave them over and then hand the candy to them. I only gave him one bag. There's <laughs> how many in the bag? Five? There'd still be four pieces left. We'll give them the four pieces of candy. And they go, oh, what, what, what do you want, mister? What do you want? He'll just go, shh. What? And then he'll stand up and walk away. Oh, what? What do you do? <laughs> he just hands <gasps> it off to them and Did walks he? away. Ooh. <laughs> All of a sudden, four kids running around. Ah, sh 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 <laughs> smoke blowing everywhere. And Rem hears he walks away. He's like, 
I'm a dragon. Uh, Ariel wants to go check out the stand that Elith was working at, just to say hi again and stuff, just in case she's gone the next day. Um, the rest of the party notices as Ariel wanders off. Should probably follow her. Oh, Ariel, wait for us. And yeah, Kanino kind of trot up. I just wanted to go say goodnight to Elith. Oh, good idea. I got her a cool wand. She probably has one, but just in case she didn't. Ah, good idea. And you guys make your way around the, the ring of the arena through the vendor area, and you do come across Eldest Stall once again. She seems to be starting to put things away for the night, but she sees you guys approach and is like, Oh, yes, what can I do for... Oh, hi, guys. How are you tonight? Hey, Eldest. How'd you... Did you enjoy uh, the show? Uh, some of it. Only some of it? The fire dancers were cool. Yes, the fire dancers are really cool. I've gotten to see them a couple times before. Anyway, uh, I wasn't. Are you gonna be here tomorrow, or when are you leaving? Yeah, I'll be. I'll be here through through tomorrow. You know, the big show was tonight, but tomorrow there's a bunch of other things uh, going on. There's a couple competitions that they set up, and it's kind of the big vendor day oh. for all the people that were busy at the show tonight to come in and get anything that they were missing or things that they want to pack up and take home uh, because a lot of people do travel to get here for this. Oh, so it's going to be even more vendors tomorrow? Like different stuff or like just the same? It'll be mostly the same people, but there's a lot of vendors around here if you hadn't noticed. Um, It's it's mostly that the... uh, the travelers, you know, they don't want to take a bunch of stuff to their room or have stuff that, that's going to have an extra day to go stale before they take it home to their families. Because sometimes, you know, they can only afford to have one person come out to to enjoy the show or mm-hmm. people that just want to stay home and take care of things. They're like, my husband, he's he's at home taking care of the, the farm. So I'm just here by myself. So I'm going to pick up a couple things before I leave tomorrow to take home to him. Ah, good to know. Might have to come by tomorrow, too, then. Yeah, there's all sorts of events tomorrow, too. You know, today's mostly the performance, but tomorrow that's like audience interaction sort of things. We'll have to check that out, see what's going on. Yeah, sounds like fun. Uh, so, and Ariel reaches into her pouch that she had and pulls out one of the ones, little toys. So, I don't know if you like this or if you even have one already, because it's kind of one of the common things, but I got this for you as just a little friendship gift. It does a cool thing. It, actually, I don't even know the password. Oh, it's one of the wands of the Midnight Carnival. I've always wanted one of these, but you know, it's kind of an expensive little trinket. So, oh, this is too much. You can't, you can't give this to me. No, I wanted to give it to you because the lady, she did something. She said something. Uh oh. <laughs> Are the directions in the box? Can any of us check to see if we actually remember? Because I do remember you mentioned it as we're walking past, but it's been a lot of events since then. <laughs> Eldith is rolling the box around in her hands and it says, Oh, it's, it says right here on the box, speak abracadabra. Oh, okay. Abracadabra. Yeah. So it does like she, this cool. She opens it up. Abracadabra. And it makes her go away for a little. Like, oh, that's second. pretty. So it kind of like hid you for a short second. So it could be a little neat tool when you're also traveling, maybe. I don't know what good it would do, but yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Abracadabra. Yeah, this is cool. This is fun. Thank you, Ariel. Or you're welcome. Or when you're traveling and you're bored, you can just play with it as you're... I don't remember her donkey's name. She points it over at Ariel. (laughs) Abracadabra. (laughs) 
Hey, now you disappeared. I'm like waving through the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. Thank you. You're welcome. So we might see you again tomorrow then if there's some more cool stuff going on. Yeah, there's there's going to be plenty of cool stuff. And I'm going to come in with some fresh bread. <gasps> Ooh, breakfast. And she, she leans over towards Ariel. Did you leave some stuff earlier? What? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, um... I'm sorry that not all of you guys were super thrilled with the show, but I'm glad you liked parts of it. Maybe the stuff tomorrow's going to be more your speed. Yeah, it sounds like it, and I'm excited for the other vendors and stuff, too. Okay, well, it's starting to get late. I'm going to start packing up my shop. You, I mean, you guys are fine to hang out here if you want and talk some more, but I got to get start getting stuff packed up so that I can get back to back to where I'm staying here. Because I got to get some some bread made and ready so that I can sell again tomorrow. Yeah, I think we probably should get back and have some dinner. And you see her, like, loading up baskets and stuff into her cart. Pretty sure you've been eating nonstop since we got into town. So as Eldith starts picking up her stall, what do you guys plan on doing now? You guys are getting to very late in the night sitting around 10 to 11 p.m. at this point. Um, As you look around, a lot of the stalls are starting to close up their panels, pack up their goods that they have on hand with them. Tempest will do big yawn and stretch. (sighs) Yeah, there's a little crackling in the, you know, back of her molars where the candy's kind of (laughs) stuck. I think it's time to head back and hit the hay, especially if there's going to be more of this going on tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We got a little bit of shopping in and there'll be lots more to see tomorrow, so we'll need lots of energy. Best to get to sleep soon. Are we going to wake up and work out? Can I pass? Well, I'm still going to wake up and work out, but if you want to sleep in, I won't wake you up this time. (laughs) Yeah, if I hear you, I'll wake up, but... (laughs) And as the party makes their way out, Elith just like, bye guys, I'll see you tomorrow, maybe. Ariel wave back. See you tomorrow, probably. Have a good evening. So do you guys head straight to the Farron's favor then? I believe so. Yeah. Unless something happens. No, nothing. Nothing big happens. You guys make your way to the Farron's favor, kind of milling into the very obviously dying crowd at this point. Though none of which are peeling off into the same direction that you guys are. (laughs) Uh (laughs) None of the VIPs. And you enter Farron's favor, and you see Tariel standing behind the front desk. They give a little bit of a head bow to you. I trust that you guys enjoyed the Midnight Carnival's event tonight. Would you guys be needing anything before you retire to your rooms for the evening? Can we get some more meats and cheeses? Your complimentary plate has already been refilled. Oh, awesome. And can we get some honey juice? I still don't know what you mean when you say that. What's it called again, you guys? Mead. She means mead. Mead. I will see what I can do. That's not something that we specialize in here, but I'm sure that I could reach out to one of the dwarven establishments nearby and see if they could send a cask over. How much is it that you would like to acquire? A bottle of it. Oh, one bottle. I will send a runner out to uh, get one. Given everything, that's probably going to run you about 12 gold. Okay. Do I do that now? It would uh, help expedite the process. Oh, okay. Uh, she's going to mess with her coins while he keeps talking. <laughs> and she'll pull out 13 gold. And Tariel reaches the hand out. Thank you very much. I will send a runner out 
uh, right away. Also, the armor that you guys had left for cleaning has all been taken care of. You will see that up in your rooms. I'm not sure where any of you individually are staying, so you'll find it in the common area. And we'll talk about the cart in the morning, but we have done some work on that. Oh, wow. Thank you. And if that is all, then I will get things prepared for you, and I should have your bottle of mead up in about ten minutes or so. And Tariel grabs a tiny crystal bell, shakes it, and you see a what seems to be an actually young elven boy with bright blonde short hair uh, run out. And they whisper to him. He takes some of the gold that you had just given to Tariel. And you see him, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, make his way through you and out the front door. So I think uh, Kino will go ahead and uh, head upstairs. Yep, me too. Yep, Tempest as well. All right, as the party makes their way up the stairs into your guys' room for the evening, everything looks like it has been tidied up and put together while you guys have been away. And as was stated, the snacking platter has been refreshed. Once we get up there, Arrow's going to wander over, grab some of the cheese and meat and start snacking on it and go, oh yeah, and then reach down into her bag and go, I got everybody one of those wands. I thought they might be amusing. If not today, but like, you know, when we're bored on the ship. And she passes them out. Oh, wow. Thank you, Ariel. Yeah, you're welcome. We can make each other be invisible. Or kind of. As invisible as a sparkly black puff of smoke. Yeah. I wonder what the captain would think. <laughs> you guys have yet to secure a ship. We have yet to decide when we're leaving. <laughs> well, we, we kind of spent the day traveling and decided to kind of... Uh, Take it easy. Well, get, we got in kind of... We got here fairly late. We got late. in way too late yeah. to secure a ship today. So that might be tomorrow's tasks as we decide to enjoy the fair. But I, yeah, I think Kanina would go ahead and bring that up too, I guess, uh, since... Uh, so the, the party kind of gathers in the common area. After getting back to the uh, common area and kind of settling in a bit, uh, Kanina will make sure to put away the gift-wrapped cloak in a careful spot for later. And uh, she will probably break out like some of the bread that we got from Eldith and snack on the meats and cheeses as well and then we'll bring up well uh we kind of got back a little too late today but perhaps tomorrow we should uh secure a ship for our way back and then enjoy the rest of the festivities and a little bit later that sounds like a good idea I feel like I just got off a boat (laughs) (laughs) yeah journey by sea is definitely uh quite the long arduous journey but it'll be well worth it to be back home you'll get to see the guild yeah, you'll get to see Riven in our guild. We'll get to introduce you to everybody. I can't wait for you to meet Mistress Beery. She's my mentor. And your best buddy, Baron. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know about best buddy, you know, but yeah, we're, 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 pretty, we're pretty close and I, I do miss him. It's been a long time since I've seen him. I hope he's doing well. That's an interesting shade of red. <laughs> <laughs> After snacking and partaking with the group, uh... Kinina might uh, go ahead and duck out and bid everyone good night. It's like, well, I hate to cut the festivities short early, but uh, I should get to bed so that I can get up and do my exercises. There wasn't enough beds for everybody, right? So the penthouse suite of the Farron's Favor has three separate sleeping quarters in it, and each one would have a large bed, but still only a single bed. There is a large, actually there's two large comfortable couches in the common area, if there are people that would choose not to share a bed for the night. 
There is also the balcony that does not have a bed, but does have some comfy chairs out on it as well. Is there a couch near the fireplace? There is definitely a couch near the fireplace. Okay, I'm going to go draw stuff and write stuff in my journal and listen for a knock on the door. And then she's going to walk away to the room. Rim goes to bed. (laughs) Did you want the bed or you want the couch? I'll I'll just take the couch by the fire. I like it uh, nice and cozy and warm here, so... But take your time. Feel free to enjoy the food and the warmth for a bit. Uh, Tempest will grab a bottle of something off the counter and head to the last bedroom. And roughly two minutes after Tempest heads into her bedroom, you hear a small voice kind of calling up to the stairs. Hello, can I come up? I have your drink. Yeah, come on in. And the small elven boy walks up and it's like, I was told to bring this straight up to your guys' room. Um, it came from the Dwarven Ale House across the way. I don't know why I felt like you needed to know that, but I guess just in case you guys like it and want to get more, here you go. And he bows quickly and turns and kind of scampers away. Oh, he didn't stay for a tip. <laughs> well, you're not out here to give him I was going to be like, should I go out there? And officially he's given this to Kanina because she's the only one out there. Uh, yeah, so I'll go ahead and go over to Ariel's door real quick and just give it a light knock and just be like, Ariel, your meat's here. Oh, sweet. Thank you. You know what I'm saving this for? Mm-hmm. When we're on the ship. Oh, good idea. Have a good night. Good night. Kanina will turn in for that night and kind of Plump up the cushions on the couch and maybe nudge it a bit closer to the fire. Make sure the fire is well stoked. Exactly. And it is now early morning on the 5th of Mananan. The sun rises over the city square. And just as it's peeking up over the horizon, light filters in and brushes across Kanina's face signaling that it is early morning. So as the sun like creeps in and kind of wakes her up, she'll she'll kind of roll out of bed, maybe not getting the best sleep in the world, but still fully refreshed, you know, because they're, you're we're in a nice fancy place. I imagine the couch was This is lavish. probably the most comfortable couch Kenina has ever <laughs> been on. It's probably comfortable than half of the beds Kenina slept on. <laughs> it's like, it's not outside. It's not cold, hard ground. It's, it's warm by the toasty fire and it's not on the ship that we're going to be stuck on. <laughs> Considering the travel arrangements of the last couple weeks, it's probably the like second most comfortable sleep that you've had. Only beaten by the sleep that you would have had in the locket and key inside of Sterengeld. It's also probably the first time I don't think she's uh, shared a room with anybody in a while, too. So it's kind of just like maybe a little bit odd to be just waking up like solo uh without someone else nearby sleeping that she can visibly see. So yeah, so she'll go ahead and uh, maybe poke the flames a little bit, coax them back into life if they've died down at all. And The weird thing is, is it seems that the flames have stayed exactly as they were when you went to sleep. Magic The fire. wood doesn't seem to have burned excessively. While it had been many hours, it seems that they have only burned about a single hour's worth of what you would expect. Hmm. 
And I don't know if you would have spread them out to let them die down a little bit as you went to bed or just left them to burn on their own. But as you wake up, you are waking up to the fire largely in the same condition it was as when you went to sleep. I think Canino will find that a little bit odd. And I don't know, she'll have a passing interest in like what kind of, if this is magic or if this is like a special type of wood or something that's burning. Because longer fire means good things for Canino. <laughs> But after that, she'll start doing some warm-up stretches and she'll try to be careful not to disturb uh, everybody else because she she is trying to be somewhat conscientious that others may want to sleep in and are comfortable sleeping arrangements and enjoy their lazy morning. <laughs> okay, how long do you imagine Kanina would be spending kind of working out in the room? <sighs> Good hour, hour and a half. Ariel, when do you think that you would wake up? Okay, so I did roll perception to see if she would have woken up because she's so used to... It would at the very least be with disadvantage I did. I rolled disadvantage and I got an eight. (laughs) So if she did hear anything, it was just very quietly and she's turned over and went back (laughs) to sleep. So she's going to take advantage of it and not wake up till she starts to hear Rem talking. (laughs) I think even with the the waking up part would be more to use your internal clock rather than... (laughs) I gotta pee! (laughs) Yeah. Tempest, when do you imagine that you would be waking up on your own? Um, she normally sleeps fairly late, like, uh, always kind of one of the last ones to wake up. If you were to put, like, a number on it. (laughs) A number. Um, so I'd probably be done with my exercise about 7. So Tempest would probably wake up 8.39. And when does Rem think that he would wake up? Rem would probably wake up at like six o'clock just because they went to bed so late. All right. So Kanina is doing her, her morning exercise and stretching until about seven. So a little before halfway through, Rem starts to rouse from his sleep. I imagine that you would be noticing the sounds of someone out in the common area, but you know that Kanina likes to wake up early and had said as much the night before. So he'll probably like wake up, stretch a little bit, you know, work the geeks out because he's not used to sleeping in such a soft bed. <laughs> Too soft. Yeah, and then he'll, uh, he'll probably, you know, look out the window, see that it's, you know, a little later into the morning, but still very early morning. And then he'll walk out to the common room, see what Nina's up to doing ankle hanging sit-ups or whatever. <laughs> Is there anything feasible for Kanina to hang her body weight off of so she could do some pull-ups? <laughs> uh, given the way that I described the architecture of this place with being a lot of almost woven branch work, there would definitely be somewhere that Kanina could find that would bear her weight. She'd probably do that after getting warmed up enough and it being late enough in the morning for people to start being awoken. Like I said, she's not trying to be loud about it, but she's definitely getting her her morning's worth of exercise in. (laughs) She's been half an hour warming up, and now it's a hardcore exercise time. (laughs) So as the morning nears to about seven o'clock or so, everyone except Tempest is starting to get up and mingle together. You are hearing through the uh, balcony that the city square is starting to come to life. You're starting to hear the call of merchants trying to draw people in to sell their wares because as you had seen the day before, this large event also serves as a bit of a public market. 
So there are many people that are out in the city square. Some are traveling merchants. Some are merchants that just do their own craft at their homes and then take advantage of these market days to try and make a little extra gold on top of what they normally get from their wages. At some point, someone would enter the stairwell below and give a call for if anyone would like to have breakfast in the morning and let you know that if you would like it brought up to you, then someone will have to come down and place an order for it. I think Ariel will offer, because I imagine I got up when you're still working out, so I'll be like, hey, you guys want me to go get food? I'm gonna at least get bacon to try to wake up Tempest. (laughs) Well, Kanina will kind of be wrapping up her exercises, so she'll go ahead and look at Ariel and just be like, I think I'm gonna save my appetite for fair food. I'll snack on what we have here already, (laughs) (laughs) and then I'll take a look and see what we have. Rim will probably be like, yeah, grab us some fruit, some milk or cream, uh, bacon, and uh, some oatmeal. <laughs> I'll just, she's just writing on the inside of her Ariel's wrist. Ariel's writing it down in her little journal thing that she's got. All right. And then she'll go down. Okay. Standing at the front desk is Elowin and Tariel. Good morning to you. I hope you slept well. Will you be joining us for breakfast this morning? She's going to look straight at Elowin and be like, yeah, um, I was going to actually get some food to go up. Yes, that is an offer that we have for you. Uh, what is it that you would like? Um, I was wondering if we could get, and she looks at her journal, some fruit, some milk or cream, some lo- like lots of bacon and <laughs> some oatmeal. And what sort of quantities are you are you looking for? Do you want a plate for everyone? Yeah. Okay. Um, that will run you guys 14 gold for breakfast this morning. Okay. And she's going to fork it over. <laughs> and we will have that up to you in just a few moments. Thanks. And like, as you had been talking um, to Elwyn, Tariel was over writing down your list And as you make your way over to the stairs back up to your room, you hear the tingle of that little crystal bell. And if you look, you would see Tariel hand the little note off to one of the serving people. And within a few moments of Ariel returning up to the room, you do hear called up from the stairway below. Oh, we're coming up with your food now. Great, thanks. And two people walk up carrying platters of food and a pitcher of like half and half level of a cream. And on the platter has, you know, bowls of oatmeal, bunch of fruit, half a platter of bacon. Nice. Does he scurry off and leave again? <laughs> and yes, as the two people place the food down in the table of the common area, they turn and just politely walk back to the stairs and head down. At that point, she's going to take the tray or whatever that has the food for Tempest. And she's going to walk into Tempest's room. The entire platter of bacon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Put a bunch of the bacon on her, like about half of the entire platter onto Tempest's tray. And then bring it over to Tempest to wake her up with the smell of bacon. In the meantime, while uh, Ariel's getting breakfast and stuff ready, uh, Kanina's probably going to go like finish up exercises and uh, take a shower and stuff and use the commons to kind of get ready for the day. Oh, Tempest, I got you bacon. (laughs) (sighs) Time to wake up now. (laughs) 
Yes, she wakes up with no fuss when you present her with a platter of bacon. Okay, so uh, does the party have anything that they want to talk about over breakfast or anything? Or do we want to advance time along to you guys entering the city square? I'm fine with advancing time. Advance. Okay, so as the party makes their way down to the front room, this is... Now we're getting to about 10 in the morning. Tariel looks over. Um, will you guys be checking out with us this morning? Uh, not quite yet. I think we're going to browse the fair a bit today and see about getting some uh, travel arrangements set up for our return to Riven. So we'll probably be staying at least for another night. Okay, so you would like just to hold the room for you for one more night? Yes, please. Since you guys have already paid for the carnival tickets, uh, your extra night will only be another hundred gold. Okay, um, I can help cover this one this time since you guys got to last night's fair. Alright, do you want me to help chip in too? Only if you wish. Sure. I'll pay for most of it since you paid for breakfast too. So I'll fork over, I don't know, 80 gold. I was going to say, I just reach in and grab whatever and throw it there. <laughs> Kenina will like pull out the 20 gold from your pile. Yeah. <laughs> um, Before you guys leave for the day, though, I do believe that we have a bit of a situation to bring up involving your cart. Oh, yeah? We noticed, since you did ask us to uh, work on cleaning and mending that over the previous day, that the cart appears to have been a loan from the Farron Travel Company. They sold it to us. It's ours, Farron Square. We have a letter. You have a letter? Mm-hmm. Because how by chance did you guys end up with this? I, I can understand how you ended up with it in your possession. The uh, bit of awkwardness is the condition that it has ended up with while in your possession. Oh, we were attacked by gnolls on the roads and we had to fight back. So some damage occurred. Um, we're friends with the king. The king. Dwarven king? The dwarven king. I understand. The Dwarven King doesn't have much purview over the Farron Travel Company and their dealings. However... One of you has a letter. Well, yeah, I can go and get the letter. It's upstairs in my things. That would be wonderful. Um, unfortunately, given that we are the Farron's favor, owned by the Farron family, same as the Farron Travel Company, it does create a bit of a conflict that we are covering up misdeeds with their property. I mean, the misdeeds weren't exactly our fault, though. We can't uh, we can't help being attacked on the road. I would like to see whatever letter that it is that you guys have. Well, uh, here's here's the letter. Uh, we got it from Ulian, the captain of the Blackguard over in Starin. I see. Okay. They take the letter from you and open it up and read through it really quickly. Hmm... All right, then. And they fold it back up the way that it was and hand it back to you, and you can see a little bit of a sour look on their face. The dwarf is overstepping his bounds a little bit. However, he has taken responsibility for this, and at this point, I believe that the issue lies between the travel company and himself, and you guys have been... Absolved of things. I recommend keeping this on you until you return to the travel company where you originally picked it up so that they can handle things on their end. They are going to need to reach out to Ulian. All right. That sounds good. We'll, we'll probably stop by there at some point today. So 
Thank you for your understanding. I'll take it back and she'll keep the letter with her this time. She'll make a mental note that we probably should just go visit them today <laughs> and take care of that business. Ariel's going to be like, oh yeah, I wonder how much extra it is going to be for a cart and two horses on the ship. So, uh, Kanina will take back the letter and fold it up neatly and put it back in her uh, vest of some sort. And yeah, she'll bid Tariel and Elowin if he's there a good day. And we'll see about entering the fair. They both bow to the party. We bid you a good day. Your room will be ready for you tonight. And please enjoy the rest of the carnival. I have a question. I may have an answer for you. How are our horses doing? They seem to be in decent shape. We made sure that they were fed and groomed last night. Is it at all possible that maybe I can buy a carrot or two off of you and I can go say hi to them? I suppose that could be arranged. The stables are right outside where you originally brought them in. Okay, where can I get a carrot or two? <laughs> Tariel leans down to the little elf girl that runs out, and you hear a brief mumbled conversation, and a few minutes later, uh, a carrot is brought out to you. Hey, Nina, hmm? before we go off to the um, carnival, I just want to go say hi to Princess and No Name real quick. Uh, at this point, would I know if the uh, cart is like stashed in the same area? It, as far as you guys know, everything is in the stable area. Uh, yeah, that sounds good, Ariel. I'll, I'll actually join you. I'll take a look to see what uh, kind of repairs they're able to do on the carriage, and then we'll head out after that. Okay, cool. Rim doesn't go with them to the stable. She's going to talk to the people behind the desk, but later. Okay. Uh, I guess to clarify, does Tempest follow Ariel and Kanina? Does Tempest stay with Rem, or does Tempest go off and do something on her own? Tempest would follow Ariel and Kanina. Okay. So as the three of you make your way out to the stables, then you are greeted by one of the stable hands. Ah, yes, I remember you from yesterday. Are you here to pick up your cart and horse and take off for the day? Uh, not quite yet. We were just visiting in, and uh, my friend Ariel here wanted to say hi to the horse, and I just wanted to see what kind of repairs you guys are able to do on the carriage. We're going to stay for at least another night while we secure travel for ourselves across the water. I see. Uh, do you guys plan on leaving tomorrow, then, if you're staying one more night? Uh, or would you like to have more time? Just If you let us know that you are planning to leave tomorrow, then we can have things hitched up for you in the morning. Uh, we'll probably have to get back to you on that. We're not sure when our boat will be leaving, so. Understandable. Yes, right this way. And they lead you over to uh, one of the, the stable stalls. And Princess and No Name are in it. They look comfortable, well-groomed, recently hydrated, and very well-rested. So at that point, Ariel's gonna say hi to both of them and then be like, Hey, Tempest, I know you like seahorses. But do you like, like, land horses? I don't have a ton of experience with them. Okay, cool. Me either, but I've been feeding them, so I've kind of learned a little bit. And she she snaps the carrot in half, and then she gives Tempest the bottom part of it that's skinnier because she wants to keep the girthy part for a princess. Okay, so hold your hand out flat like this. Like, don't let your fingers curl at all. And then hold it out to them, and then its lips will, like, tickle your hand a little bit, and it will take the carrot. And then she shows Tempest how she's doing this for Princess, so she could see Princess take a bite. And she hands Tempest the other part, so she can feed no name. Tempest holds it 
flat in her hand, but tips her hand a little bit too far and it rolls out of her hand. And then Ariel will just giggle and be like, it's okay, we'll try again another time. <laughs> and the stable hand uh, gestures at Kanina. And if you would like to see the cart, then it is over stored in the back right now. Sure, yeah. Lead the way. And he walks you back to the cart and you see that it looks like it has been freshly washed down. A lot of the things like the wearings and the upholstery and stuff has been repaired. However, there's still a couple nicks. Oh, the scorch marks are gone. Um, so all the scorching has been, been taken care of, uh, washed over, and in some way mended. However, you can still see nicks and dings and gouges where arrows and spears had previously hit the sides of the cart. It adds character. Now we know it's ours from the scars of battle. And on the side, you still see emblazoned quite coldly is the Farron family crest. So can you look it over and just be like, wow, you guys did an impressive job. <laughs> the stable hand taps his hand on the side of it. Yes, this was our big project for yesterday. It gave us something to do. I'm sure it must have been an unusual request, so I thank you pretty greatly. And uh, she'll go ahead and slip him a tip. <laughs> All right. I thank you very much for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll go for like, I guess, five gold and just be like, eh, for you and anybody else who worked on it. So <laughs> thank you I'll very much. I'll make sure that it is divvied up fairly. We're really going to need to replace the, the design on the side. Yeah, um, I think once we go and take care of business officially with the trading company, we'll be sure to get it removed so we don't uh, misrepresent or anything. <laughs> Someday maybe we'll have our own name on there. Oh, we could always put the guild logo on there. That'd be fun. Then we could represent the Adventurers Guild. Or maybe our group if we stick together. All right. Rem, while the rest of the party is off in the Fairn's favor stables, what are you doing at the front desk? So he turns to the whoever's there currently asks, I'm looking for a smith, specifically an armor smith. What would you suggest? How much is it that you are looking to spend and do you have a preference for the type of craftsman? I'm looking for the best armor smith I can find. Money would be negotiable for now, but I was going to look. Uh, I'm not looking for ornamental. I am looking for practical. Hmm. Give me a moment. And you see Tariel reach under the desk that they work at, unfold a scroll, and if you peer over, because it's, it's not really hidden, you notice that it is a map of the city of Port Norsal, and they're scanning over it. I'm not someone that deals in combat myself, so I go largely off of the words that I hear from those around me. I think the best recommendation that I could give to you based on the things that I've heard is over in the workshop district, there is a older middle-aged dwarven smith by the name of Dern Blackhammer. I would suggest that you seek him out. So Rimmel nod and then look down at the map that he has unrolled and be like, where would be the area best to look for him? Tariel points on the map. So we are currently here and they're pointing at the, the town square on the one side of it. The workshop district is over here and I've never been there myself, but I believe that Dern's shop is going to be right about here. Rim will make the quick, you know, mental trap in his head. Right, left here, right here. Like, thank you. 
Is there anything else that I could help you with? No, that would be all. Thank you. And uh, thank you for your patronage these last couple days. We are here if you need anything. Rem will begin making his way to Derns, or the area in which Derns should be. Rem, you travel your way through the city square, and as you know at this point, there are a bunch of stalls popping up around you. You're getting close to midday, so things are in full swing as you're walking through. You're getting the smells of people that are cooking. You're being shouted at from various street vendors. Just, hey, you, I have what you need. I don't know who you are, but I have what you need, and I know it's from right here. Rim's going to basically ignore the Various people heckling you, trying to get you to come over to their stores and just, ah, would anyone like to buy something? You there, you look like a man that wants to buy something. Come over here to this store. I have all sorts of things. <laughs> but things do die down as you make it through the city square because the event is centraled around the arena. So even as you transfer into the next district, you walk through the big wall that separates the central district from the more common districts and weave your way over to where Tariel had pointed around on the map. And as you, you near, you do hear the clinking of a hammer on metal. From there, you're able to, to walk around and you see a uh, shield hanging off of a very like open-faced building and that shield just engraved into it is an anvil that coming straight out of it is a hammer that is enameled in black. So Rim will make his way over to the shop and kind of look around for whoever's inside. And as because it's a big open-faced building, as you kind of walk through the front of it, you get a big whoosh of hot air because they do have a forge set up in one of the back corners. And there is a stout black-haired dwarf quite a bit shorter than you. The hair is like, it's very frazzled, but it's it's pulled back into a large ponytail and a burly, older, middle age, like human age equivalent of around the 55 area, area, but being a dwarf, you would imagine they're like 170 or so, hammering away on an anvil. And you can actually tell as, as you walk around, there's a couple anvils over with various carts set up and you can see a handful of things in the forge at once. And almost without looking up from under these big black bushy eyebrows, you just hear a what can I help you with? So in Dwarvish, this Grimness Dwarvish. Alrighty. He's going to ask, are you Dern? And as Dwarvish comes out of obviously a human, like mid hammer stroke just stops and responding to you in Dwarvish. Ah, so you know Dwarvish. A little, enough to get by. Dern would be who you're speaking to. All right. I've uh, heard that you're a, a master smith, armor smith. He walks over, throws the work in the uh, forge again, and kind of puts a hammer, his hammer down on one of the anvils and uses it as like a palm rest. So the people are talking, huh? Well, when asked. Do I want to know who's throwing my name out there as a master? Well, it was, uh, I can never remember their names. The front desk people at the, uh, the hoity-toity hotel over there in the square. <laughs> <laughs> the Farron's favor is putting my name out there, huh? Yes. Well, I don't think that they know what an armor is from their asshole, but... Probably not. 
something's putting my name out there for him. Yep, you're speaking to Dern. What is it that you need? You look like someone that's been through a lot. That he's going to pull out a bundle he has that's actually the cleaned mail that he had. And I'm looking to upgrade. He's going to roll out the mail. It's just, you know, standard issued chain mail. There's a big, heavy steel, like, workbench table up against one of the back walls opposite where the forge is. Well, why don't you come in? And he kind of grabs the bundle of mail, brings it over to the workbench so he can lay it out. Well, it's no wonder you're looking to upgrade. Some of the rings are due to be replaced, too, even if you were to keep it. I've seen some some wear recently. Yeah, certainly not dwarven made, I can tell you that much. Nah, and I didn't get a chance when I was in your fair city close to here to actually talk to any of your smiths. Fair city close to here? Oh, three days. Oh, you're talking about Sterengeld? Yeah. I suppose Fair City is a good way to describe it. I haven't been there in decades myself. We met with uh, a jewelsmith and leader of the Black Watch and the king. All very nice people. Ah, an audience with the king, even. You, what are you surrounding yourself with all of these big, powerful types? Um, we were requested to help take care of a problem. It's kind of what we do. We, I only see one of you. Ah, my party's back, uh... I think still at the end, probably resting and getting ready for some of the fair festivities. I'm not so interested in those. All right. Well, when you're saying you're looking for an upgrade, what are you after? You looking to go over to a uh, a plate mail or are you just looking for a remake of what you got? Well, I mean, I've been in chain for a long time and appreciate the, the uh, protection provided. Though in this last adventure, I did come across the, the difficulties that this many rings can cause having to stay back due to the you know the noise so i was thinking the way it kinks i understand i could uh possibly upgrade to a breastplate maybe something a little better depends on what you have to offer uh breastplate let's see walks over to uh up against one of the side walls looking up come over here let's see what i got that's close there's only about five different breastplates up there, but you can tell that Dern knows his general clientele, so only one looks fitted to a dwarf, and the rest are fitted to various human sizes, and by the third one, uh, this one's one that I could work to be close to, uh, Vichia. Does, how, how does it feel right now? Mm-hmm. You know, wiggle around me, like, tighten a couple places, but it's not bad. Let's see, and he helps you strap it on as, as if you were to wear it. And uh, you see him go over to the bench, grab out like a a wax pen, start putting a couple marks on it that are to help him fit it to get it closer to your shape. Uh, Talking price and everything, how quickly do you need it? Well, I believe we're looking to leave tomorrow-ish, but if you think it takes longer, I wouldn't mind leaving an address it could be sent to. Tomorrow-ish, let's see. He walks over, looks up at the sky. I can spend some time on it today. We'll see how close it fits. If you want to come by tonight, I can put some time into it. I can uh, do that. And then hopefully it'll be close enough that I can get some final fitment done for the morning and uh, hand it off to you. If I'm going to be putting some work into this now, though, are you okay to put a, a deposit down? And how much would it cost me? Uh, this here, I could... Uh, I, the, the full price I can give you about... 420 gold. Um, let's say 100 gold as a deposit early. 
Grim will kind of look at him for a second, nodding, and be like, What if I wanted the, the Dwarvish special? I'm willing to put down a little extra coin. Dwarvish special, huh? Yeah. What, what flavor of Dwarvish special are you looking for? I want to make sure. Are you just sure. looking for a little bit uh, more time and effort, or are you looking for me to uh, maybe put this one back on the shelf and make you something custom, perhaps out of something a little more than just iron and steel? I'm always up for the protection. It is armor, after all. So I'm willing to wait the time if you think that's what you need. Again, I said I can leave you an address to send it to. Tell me what you think of this. And uh, he pulls a leather flap back in the back of his shop, and he walks back there and uh, comes back out holding a separate breastplate. It's designed a little bit different than the stuff that he's got on the wall. And he holds it out to you with one hand. Take it from me. As you take it, it is significantly lighter than the breastplate that was just demonstrated to you. And I'll look at it and kind of feel the thickness between my fingers. And you say this offers the same protection as the other one. It does. It takes a lot more to work with, harder to find the materials, and it takes a lot more time to shape it the way that it needs to be. Let's see. Any other specials you got back there? Or is this your top of the line? I have some other things that I could do, but I don't have anything in a state that would do you any good right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you more. Oh, I figured as it's much. It's going to cost quite a bit, and if you want to go truly top of the line, and uh, he, he leans back into the back room and comes out holding a brick and hands it out to you. I could work with this if, uh, if you want, but I'm starting from scratch. I'll look at the brick. He hands it out to you, and your arm almost falls into the ground. The, <laughs> the heft of it. It's going to be a lot heavier, though. It's got some weight to it. Well, I think I'll go with this lighter variety, though I do appreciate the fact that you dwarves could make such a stout armor. He grabs back the other chunk of metal, and you hear him slide it onto a shelf in his back room. So you want the lighter stuff. How quickly do you want it? Do you want me to to get the mithril turned out for you today? Or tomorrow before you leave? Or do you want me to maybe take another week or so and get it sent off to where you are? Well, what are we talking about for prices, I guess, would be my next question. Well, I was telling you 420 for the the breastplate. Yeah, that was the standard one. I'm going to do the mithril for you. Then we're going to be looking at 650 gold. All right. And if you were to take the extra time? If you want me to spend some extra time and really get it fitted to you, get the padding all done nice and everything, make sure the buckles are top quality, we're going to be talking 750 gold pieces total. Think about it. Be like, all right, you got some paper? Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got some paper. Goes over to the bench and pulls out uh, some parchment and a charcoal stick. Rim will take it and he'll write down the address or location of the guild and his name. Yeah, I mean, enough would just be Riven, Guild of Adventurers, Rem. <laughs> guild of Adventurers, huh? Yeah, that's right. And he'll, what you doing all the way up here? We were uh, looking into something and it led into other things as much usually does. I'm just proud to see the guild actually getting out there and doing stuff. I'm trying to spread the name, I guess. If you need help or know somebody that does, don't be afraid to ask us. As he's doing that, he's going to be rummaging around in his coin pouch, 
and replace the 10 platinum that he has, as well as another 200 gold on top of the paper and slide it across to me. Like, I believe this will cover your deposit. He counts it all out really quick. Yeah, I, I can work with that for a deposit. All right. That would leave me with uh, 450 gold pieces left for the work. And how about another 10 gold for the delivery? I, I can accept that. that. That sounds good. And of course, once it arrives, I'll make sure to tell every every one of the warriors and heavily armed people where I got it from. So before you before you you take off, let's get the mithril fitted on you so that I can do the same kind of markings. Given that it sounds like you're heading back to Riven tomorrow, possibly that's uh, not quite sure, but that's what I've heard from my party. Then I'm gonna want you to come back again tonight. Can do that. And I'm gonna want you to come back again in the morning, around now, like mid morning would be good. Sure. It's just so that I, I need to get as much time with you as I can, because. Once you leave, I don't have you to check the fit anymore. Not a problem. I appreciate this. This is this is big. This isn't something that I normally get to break out and work with often. So pretty happy with being able to to work work some special armor for you. Is there any special specifications you need? Any engravings or any extra trim or anything? And then we'll kind of reach up and grab his holy symbol, think about it, and he'll look at it and be like, how about one of these? It's just a palm-open silver hand. Okay, he pulls out another piece of uh, parchment, and he's sketching out an idea, kind of gives a couple markings, and how's that look for you? I'll, I'll make it a little prettier when I'm engraving it in, but that's pretty good yeah. general idea for you. Looks great. All right, I appreciate the business. Uh, looks down. Rem. And he holds out a holds out a hand. Take it and shake. And he does a big, mighty forearm, just hearty grip with you. I'll be getting to work on this right away. So like I said, once I uh, once I receive it, I'll make sure to spread your name to the adventurers. I appreciate it. I appreciate the the prospect of future business. And if you like it, maybe I'll see you again later. Very possible. So back over to the group at the stables. What are, what are the girls doing after they kind of see to the horses, check out the work on the cart? I think uh, since the horses and the cart are kind of on forefront in our minds right now after just seeing them, I think Kanina will look to go to the Fair and Trading Company to take care of this uh, little misunderstanding once and for all. Okay. Kanina will go ahead and nuts on. Well, I think I'm going to go ahead and do what uh, Ella Wynn suggested and go over to the Fair and Trading Company and... Uh, show them this letter so that we can claim ownership of this cart and get their symbol removed. Okay, and then after that, do you think we should go see about and we could get a ship and figure out how much it's going to cost to get Princess on the ship? Yep, that's the plan. I just want to make sure that we uh, clear up ownership first. Yeah, I'll go with you. Or you two could always head down yourselves and try to barter for a ship passage. It's up to you. I could head down to the docks and start scouting. I'll go with you then, because I want to make sure Princess can... I'm just going to assume that she's coming with us and get prices. Okay, I'll uh, meet you guys up in a bit. So, given the the location of everything, the three of you are actually going to be making your way through the city square, off into the, the district over and heading out to the wharf, essentially together, because your destination is all in the wharf area. That is where the Farron Travel Company was based. And that is obviously where they're going to find ships. So you guys get to where the main road opens up 
onto the wharf and over by the pier. And that is where Kanina peels off and heads over to the Fair and Travel Company while Ariel and Tempest go off to find a ship. The pier itself, because it would stand out and it was kind of made note of the day before, there is one very large purple wooded ship. <laughs> sitting straight like the the road goes up to the pier and there is a dock straight in line with the road and out on the end of this dock is a large purple ship with midnight blue sails that has the midnight carnival's logo on them i think it's kenina's is peeling off of the group to go talk to the uh, guild just be like see what i tell you color themed <laughs> <laughs> and there are tons of people milling about on it. You see a bunch of performers practicing on the deck and on the uh, pier in front of it. And of course, there are a number of other ships. But let's start with Kanina making her way over to the Fair and Travel Company. So she'll go ahead and she'll make sure she has the letter at the ready and uh, present herself in the office. And uh, Hello, good morning. Well, hello there. What can I do for you today? Hi, I'm Kanina. Um, I'm with the Adventurers Guild in Riven. Uh, we have secured a one of your carts on our way here when we first arrived a while back. Uh, are you uh, returning the cart or do you need some amendment to the services or what, what can I do for you? I guess it would be an amendment of sorts. I have this letter here from Captain Ulian of the Blackguard in Starin. And uh, we did some services that involved some damage to the cart, unfortunately. We were attacked on the road, and uh, through some of our efforts, we were able to vanquish the null problem. But uh, in doing so... Of the Blackguard. Interesting. Can I see the letter? Mm -hmm. Hand it over. And what was this about the null thing? He's unfolding the letter in front of him. Oh, uh, yes, we are attacked by um, some gnolls on the road and learned uh, in our later adventures in Stern that there was quite a problem. So we scouted it out and took care of the so-called gnoll leader, uh, Grimfang, he was known by in the local area. We uh, defeated him and a large number of his group that had banded together and seemed to have dispersed the problem. I see. And who did you say the letter was from again? Uh, Captain Ulian of the Blackguard. I see. That does that does match up with uh, what was written on the letter. Huh. Well, it's not typically how we do things, but it does appear that this is now a problem between the Fair and Travel Company and uh, Mr. Ulian of the Blackguard. Uh, they have taken full responsibility for the cart. Um, it's essentially, this letter here claims that they are purchasing it outright, regardless of what the uh, cost is going to be. Um, one moment... And they walk away from the counter, and you see them go over to a small safe, pop it open, and from inside they actually grab a small cylindrical case, and they hand it over to you. This here will officially transfer ownership of the cart from us to you. It is actually a minor enchantment scroll. It will remove all branding of the Fair and Travel Company, as well as included in this is the deed to the cart and uh, looks like two horses as well. Ah, I see. That's much appreciated. Thank you. Unfortunately for you, this does mean that the deposit that you left is going to be null and void 
and it will go towards part of the payment for the transfer of ownership that Ulian has instated for you. Ah, yes, I see. Of course, that makes sense. Uh, I I apologize for the inconvenience, and uh, I thank you for your time. It's, It's not something that you would know, so I do not hold it against you. I appreciate the letter, and good travels to you. Good travels. With that, Kanina will take her leave and she'll tuck the uh, D to the cart and the minor enchantment to remove the uh, logos of the Farron family off of the cart into her, her vest to be dealt with when they return back to the inn. But for now, she'll try to go find Tempest and Ariel. All right. Tempest and Ariel, as you guys cast your gaze out along the pier, you see before you a number of different ships. Of course, there is um, the sails of midnight, as you were told about before. It would seem fairly obvious to you guys that that ship is relatively well taken at this point. There are a number of ships off on the west side of the pier that actually appear to be more combat-ready vessels that seem to be a part of what would function as Port Norsal's navy. Far over to the west side, you see a bunch of smaller ships and ships that are much more geared for sailing. However, in the more central area that you guys are in, there are a number of ships that appear to be smaller merchant ships, uh, ships that appear to be more geared for taking passengers. And one ship in particular stands out to the two of you immensely. It's off a couple docks over, but it is a large, relatively flat, square vessel that instead of being made out of wood, appears to be propped up on a couple of metal tanks. One thing that also stands out to you guys having arrived on it is you do not see the whispering winds. Didn't... Kanina say that she came in on a metal ship? Yeah, actually, I think that was something that she had mentioned. wonder if that's it. I mean, I can't imagine they're very common. Do we want to talk to them? Could head over there. I don't know anything about ships, so this is all you. I just want to make sure Princess can get on it. And no name. wonder how it handles waves like big ones. It's square. Good point. Do uh, ships have, like, the names carved into the sides like they would, like, for us nowadays, like, printed on there? But do they have them printed or anywhere on there, or are they just known as their name? A lot of the smaller ships don't, but especially the ones that seem that they're more accustomed to carrying travelers do. Along the back and sides, if you were to look, the Sails of Midnight does have its name carved upon it. And as Tempest and Ariel approach the dock that the ship is on, they do see a pretty industrial-looking plaque attached to the back of it, only sticking about three feet out of the water, is a name, the Iron Cask. Iron Cask. Hmm. And as you guys make your way to it, there are a bunch of dwarves milling about the ship. You see what appears to be a large crate of coal sitting on the the dock next to it that the dwarves are working to cart onto the ship. You see another handful of dwarves on the other end of the ship carting off a bunch of cargo. And standing in between the two sets of ramps is a middle-aged 
leaning towards the older side, probably about 150 in dwarven years, with long red hair standing over in the middle, just kind of eyeing things. Would Ariel think that this is a big enough ship to put the cart and the two horses on? Does it look huge? It definitely looks big enough to carry that. It sits low in the water, but it is large enough that you can see there are probably three decks to it, at least based on what you can see for how much of it is in the water versus how much is above the water. It looks like it's sitting about half of its overall height in the water. Should we go talk to these guys? There is a large stack of pipes that juts out from the somewhat rear center of the ship. Um, the ship itself is hitched up right now and sitting idle, however. I couldn't hurt to talk to him. You want to talk to him? <laughs> I don't know the ship lingo. Is there someone that looks like they're in charge? Seeing the two of you the, kind the of mumble lines. to each other, looks over and be like, Can I help you girls? Ahoy! Ahoy! <laughs> Tempest will uh, walk over and uh, we're looking to charter passage. Where are you looking to charter passage to? Where is it again? We need to go to Riven. To Riven. Riven, well, you're in luck. That'll be the next destination as we sail south down the coast. Oh, perfect. Uh, it's just going to be the two of you. No, the, we have two others in our party. Um... As well as a cart and two horses. Is is your vessel large enough to accommodate these? Looks over at the side of the ship. How big's the cart? Standard cart size. We describe the cart. Carriage. <laughs> well, this here old ship is definitely meant to carry a bunch of cargo. I think it'll do just fine. Wonderful. And at this point, Kanina had probably seen where Ariel and Tempest were heading already makes her way over to them. How fast is she running? <laughs> well, I, I imagine she's definitely going at a brisk pace to try to catch you guys in the middle of uh, negotiations, but upon seeing the metal ship, which will look quite familiar to her, having spent many long weeks on it in Travel to Riven, she will beeline it toward that ship whether or not she sees you guys. <laughs> Ariel and Tempest, as the dwarf in front of you is looking up at the ship, looks over at you guys as you're describing the cart. He stops, looks past you guys. Nina! <laughs> Thorstag! She's like waving both at <laughs> She knows the name. <laughs> he, he runs over and gives like a big bear hug around Kanina's waist and picks her up. What the hell are you doing here, girl? I left you in Riven. Yeah, it's been so long. I, I've joined the Adventurers Guild. We're here um, well, about to return. That's what you said you were doing. Yeah, I've been successful. I've gotten a lot better at controlling my powers now. <laughs> and uh, these are my companions here, these two. And uh, I have another one who's uh, off doing his own thing right now, but... Do they know about the powers? Because they're uh, looking to get you a metal ship again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think they've, they've probably chosen wisely. I mean, <laughs> I guess you did make it here. So apparently the standard ships are doing it for you now. You should see our cart. 
I should see your cart. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's, there's no damage on that cart whatsoever, Tempest. <laughs> what, what did you do to the cart, Nina? They were already making sure I could put it on the boat. Oh, there was just an incident with some knolls and I may have, you know, lit myself on fire and the cart may have been what I was standing on when I was on fire. It's fine. It's fine. It's all it's all better now. He like claps you on the thigh. That's my girl. You know, I miss having your energy on the ship. Yeah, I miss seeing you. It's been forever. Yeah, <laughs> so much it's has been happened. a couple months now. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think I'd ever see you again. I didn't expect us to be meeting so soon, but it's felt like it's been so long, too. <laughs> Especially, like I said, you're here. Port North Salt, what are you guys doing? What are you doing here? I left you unriven. Oh, we basically came over here um uh riven was under attack by a bunch of kobolds and just it was a big mess and whatnot so we all gathered together and we raided their encampment and took care of that problem and then we are able to uh retrieve some stolen artifacts that were from dwarven make and we tracked them down to being sourced in sterngeld dwarven make you say mm-hmm. so you came all the way out to old sterngeld for that Yes, it was it was important to us to make sure that people who had lost family that it was important for them to know. Well, boy, it sounds like you've been on quite the journey since I left you. Yeah, I've learned lots, seen lots, and we've lost some people along the way, unfortunately. But I feel like the whole experience has definitely made me grow as a person. And at this point, Thorstag turns over to like some of the crew working on the working on getting the ship loaded and unloaded, and being like. Hey, you guys remember Nina, right? Hi, guys. And looks like, like we're going to be taking her home ag- again. <laughs> Back to Riven again. It's a little weird, but sh- she needs the ride. And, well, we're here and we're going to be heading out tomorrow. So why not take her with us? And her friends, look, she's got friends too now. Yeah, and then she'll like go through and make the introduction. This is Ariel. I, I'm helping her become a sorceress. And this is Tempest. She's new to the party. We just recruited her fresh off of a ship. And then uh, you, you, you'll see him later. But uh, our friend Rem is here, too. He's He's been a, a great leader to us. And I'm hoping to be just like him one day. <laughs> a grumpy old man. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of the dwarves that he's calling you out to are just like, Yay! Yay! <laughs> Oh, so you uh, you mentioned that we're, you're leaving tomorrow. What time tomorrow you're leaving? Uh, well, we were gonna be ready to head out early in the morning tomorrow, but uh, I don't know if we if if you're looking for us to take you and need us to hang out for a little bit longer. You know, I'll give you guys a good deal on on getting back home. But you know, we're gonna be spending most of today getting the the old ship unloaded, getting fuel back in the ship, getting it reloaded again, and well, you know. Gotta at least spend a night in port. Make up for all the time that we spend on on the open sea. Oh, of course. There's uh, the whole carnival in town and whatnot, too. So that'd be fun. Ah, fuck the carnival. (laughs) There's an alehouse right fucking there. So Tempest, something caught her attention and she's just kind of been brow furrowed. I'm sorry. Did did you say fuel? What, What? Yeah, the old iron cask here. You notice points up. You see any sails up there? Now that you mention it, I do not. Yeah, hole shape's not real good for that either. The the uh, the old iron cask here, it's got a, uh, a special type of uh, propulsion system powered by by coal. It uh it turns a big prop in the water. 
you know, it's it's a little slower to get going. It's not as fast sometimes as the sailing ships, but boy, is she reliable. You know, once we get it going, we don't stop. We don't we we don't rely on the winds like you do with the big the big sails. We just we plow forward, and once it's moving, she ain't stopping. Needs a little bit of refining still to get some widespread use, but the benefit that we have of this is we can load her up, and she can just push through. Well, this is intriguing. And you'll be on the ship tomorrow. You'll get to see how things are when we get going. I look forward to it. Speaking of, do we need to bring our cart and horses to you tonight for loading or tomorrow? Do you want the carts and horses for the rest of the day? Because I'm willing to work with what you've got. I'm loading up the ship anyways, but we'll, we'll make room for it tomorrow if, if okay. you want to keep it for the day. I don't think we really need it, but I think the horses might be more comfortable in their stable tonight. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. We'll bring them over first thing in the morning and uh, let them get their rest on solid ground while they can. (laughs) Well, Nina, Nina's friends, look forward to seeing y'all tomorrow. Uh, It sounded like you need us to hold back a little bit. Around when do you think you'll be down? When do we need to not be drunk and hungover? (laughs) Well, how about nine? Does that sound like a plan? Nine? we, We can make nine work, I think. I mean, really, we were planning to leave right up at sunup, so you just bought us a couple extra hours. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm certainly, certainly glad to see you again, Thorstag. It's, it's wonderful that we're going to be traveling together once more. Yeah, I still can't believe we ran into each other just now, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Just like the good old times. I look forward to it. <laughs> hey, you! Get back to work! See, they're still lazy. <laughs> and you're still as strict as ever. <laughs> Uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, Thorstag Stonewind. Nice to meet you, Mr. Thorstag. And then Ariel is gonna go looking for, uh, fishing for sale. Nice to meet you, friend of Nina. She's not staying to wait for the rest of the conversation. So as Ariel heads out to go try and find somewhere to procure a fishing pole, what sort of direction are you heading? At this point, we're, we're nearing past midday, about one-ish in the afternoon. Um, she's looking along the pier because people fish in the water. So are you just looking for like a person that's got a fishing pole? Yeah, like a shop that's got bait and fishing poles for sale. <laughs> that's what are you looking for like a person that's fishing someone to ask? Or are you looking like, are you going to wander until you find a shop? That I want to find correct? a shop that looks like that's where you I, would buy I a like fishing pole. I like the thought of Ariel just going up to a random fisherman and just being like, you there, pole money. <laughs> <laughs> As Ariel makes their way along the wharf, you do come across a shop that is built right on the pier out into the water. In fact, part of the shop goes down onto the water as a dock and is a large netted area filled with live bait. And the sign hanging over the shop is a fish hook with a piece of bait on it. I am going to head to there. And I'll go in and be like, hi there. Hey, what can I do you for? I'm looking to buy a fishing pole for my friend. A fishing pole for your friend, eh? What kind of fishing pole you after? What? I don't know. Well, I got a basic starter pole right here. Or if you're looking for something a little bit more advanced, I could set you up with something right there. And if you're looking for uh, 
Does, does the friend that you're buying this for have tackle and everything? Because I could get you a tackle kit from right over there. Do you need bait? I got bait outside, too. Well, honey juice, um, <laughs> we're going to travel to Riven. And my friend last time when we were coming here from Riven really liked fishing. So something that can handle fishing on the way back to Riven. Okay, I think I can get you something for that. Turns around and grabs a small crate with a handle on it. Okay, so you're going to want one of these. You're saying he doesn't have anything, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to want one of these. And let's see, let's see. Something for, for fishing off of a ship, a ship. Uh, okay, grab this one here, and here's a net. And uh, let's see, a fishing pole. You're going to need something a little big. Let's go with this one right here. This here will be good for fishing off a ship. You don't want something too short for, like, fishing off of a pier because you're going to be on a ship, so you're going to be up higher in the air. And the longer net's going to help with getting down to the down to the sea when you're, you know, up in the air like that. And, of course, because he doesn't have anything, you're going to want this tackle kit here. What's a tackle kit? That's what this box here is. <laughs> What's in it? Pulls it open. Well, it's got all your fish hooks, got your fish line, it's got some lures in here, and it's even got this little area here somewhere that you can put some, uh, some ice so you can keep the bait cool. Um, well, uh... <laughs> This is supposed to be a gift, and he's kind of a grouchy old dude, and I don't know if he's going to like how, get me giving him all this stuff. I was just thinking of getting him a fishing pole, but the the net's cool. <laughs> well, if you just want the pole, I can just sell you the pole if that's what you're after. You don't have to take the whole package. But no, does, I guess the pole's not just going to... So he needs hooks? I'm very... Okay. Well, it's hard to catch fish. You don't how have a hook. How much is it for all of it? Let's see, this package here for a good good sailing ship package, I can get you this for five gold. Wait, what? Five gold. Okay, if he doesn't like it, he'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to give him five gold. It was a pleasure doing business with you. Make sure you let your friend know that you got it from George's Bake and Tackle. George's Bake? George's Bake and Tackle. George I'm Georgie. George's bait and tackle. She's going to try to like copy what he <laughs> says. So then she's going to lay the she's going to lay the spear and like try to like tie the pole and the net. Oh, that's a cool package you got there. Is that got a fishing pole in it too for you? Nope, don't touch it, please. And then she's... <laughs> All right, I'm not going to touch it. So she's going to tie the pole and the net to that and then put that back on her back and then carry this crate out and try to find everybody. And if she doesn't see them, then she's probably just going to go back to the inn. What did Kanina and Tempest do after Ariel left? I imagine I would catch up a little bit with uh, some of the familiar dwarves on the ship, but she wouldn't stay too long because she does want to take care of some other things during the day. So she'll make sure she gets things uh, smooth out for travel and uh, probably going to head back into town more toward the inn. If she sees Ariel on the way, you know, she'll stop, but... And Tempest? Tempest is going to find lunch and then head to the carnival. Is Tempest looking for lunch at the carnival? Something sure. seafaring from the piers where you're at? No, I don't want to eat my brethren. All right, then. So it sounds like there's kind of a large staggering where all of you guys are making your way back to the city square where the carnival is, but staggered like a few minutes apart from each other. So eventually the three of you are going to make your way to the city square where a lot of the public market sort of stalls are set up. Rem, what is Rem doing after he finishes up with uh, Dern? So after he would have stayed as long as Dern needed him to that time, 
and then made arrangements to come back later that day. Yeah, how about you come over about uh, seven o'clock, you know, six, seven hours from now. All right, I can do that. And then he'd basically kind of wander back through town, maybe stop and grab something very simple to eat. Same question. Are you picking something up like out where you are or heading back into like the carnival area I'd first? I'd be like street food on the way. Just find a, somebody selling something like a hand pie. You'd find someone, you know, as you're walking by, there'd be stalls selling like a couple simple hand pies. Uh, around here, you're going to find mostly like a fish hand pie or a sandwich. Um, you might even find someone that's doing like a little grilled fish that they've carted in from the wharf, possibly even someone that catches their own and comes in to sell it. He'd probably just grab something quick, you know, something that he can eat on the go. Yeah, being in, like, the workshop district where a lot of these people are craftsmen. Yeah, there's like workman's lunch. Yeah, more of what you're finding outside of, like, specialized stalls are going to be quick, easy-to-grab food to eat on your lunch break kind of thing. Yeah, he's, and he's going to try to grab something that's, you know, something he can eat while walking. He doesn't want to sit down with a plate or anything. It's canned food. Um, what that cost him? couple silver. Actually, at the carnival, I do have 10 silver for a fish pie. Being out on a side street, uh, we'll, we'll say six silver. All right. Uh, and then he'll eat that as he basically walks back to the, the inn. He'll go inside and either catch everybody as they're coming back in or meet him upstairs. I would imagine that Kenin is probably doing much the same as Ren at this point as like getting a food on the way back to the inn because uh, she's, she's basically probably also getting hungry since she kind of nibbled the breakfast but didn't really have breakfast breakfast, so... What is it, 10 silver for a meat pie or something? Would you like to get a fish pie, a lamb and leek pie, or spinach and grape leaf pie? Spinach and grape leaf. Yum. It's very leafy. Uh, picking one of those up at one of the carnival stalls is going to run you seven silver. Okay. And so Kanina is also making her way back to the room at the inn. So we'll say that Rem arrives first, heads up into the room, followed within the next 10, 15 minutes by Kanina. After that would have been, I think, Tempest. And is Tempest making her way back towards the room as she doesn't run into anybody? Or is she looking to hang out at the carnival area? I want to go to the carnival. And then Ariel ends up making her way over to the city square. Well, I'm going to my room because I have things to drop off. (laughs) All right, that makes sense. So Tempest makes her way into the arena to find the rest of the carnival instead of just the street fair, while the rest of the party makes their way up to the room to kind of drop off their stuff and take a few moments to decompress. And I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode right there. It's 1.30 and we've been recording for four and a half hours. I had a note to buy the fishing pole. Now I'll make a note to give Rem the fishing pole. <laughs> I one around the boat. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Aurelia. You can help the show out a ton if you tell others about it by sharing episodes on social media. Leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser tells us what we are doing right or could improve on and will get you featured in our next Night Watch. Lastly, we'd like to thank the artists who allow us to use their music on our show. Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Scott Buckley, Michael Gelfie, and Alec Wiesner. You can find links to all of these wonderful artists at adventuresinarelia.com forward slash music. 